Windy Acres Farm is a family farm located in Geneva, Illinois. Amanda Shrell Thomas is the eldest of the four Shrell siblings. Her role on the farm is taking care of the office end of things, taking care of communications, and managing the CSA programs. Her goal is to grow the business to be around in the next hundred years and more. The farm has amazing weekend festivals and apple picking events, so be sure to check their calendar to see when they're happening. Here's my conversation with Amanda. So you'll see Scott driving out the tractor and <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> going up yeah, a couple yeah. blocks and then Is Scott your only brother? Yeah, Scott's the only brother. There's three sisters. Wow. So, yep. And all of them are working on the all farm? All four of us work here, yeah, full time. Do all of you guys actually work on the farm or each person does different things? We all work on the farm, plus yeah. we have our own you know, so we all have our like our departments. So yeah. Jamie, who you know from Wheaton, you talk to, yeah, she's yeah. like, she's not a public person. Yeah, she's very, she, she totally she's like, shut oh, me down. No, she'll talk, she's like very blunt, like, oh no, sir, thank you, but no. <laughs> yeah. I, I was a high school teacher for 15 years, so okay. I'm very, and my brother, he's very outgoing too. But, um, and my sister Kristen went to Columbia. She majored in theater and music and just live. Oh, so she cool. and I are the ones that'll be the forefront yeah. always. Or if we're making our own TikToks or something, I'm, uh-huh. they always throw me out there. I'm like, oh, oh you guys have a TikTok? We have a TikTok that just started like two months ago. Yeah. So Kristen's still getting like the full account set up. We have our own like local, but it needs to be the business one. So oh, okay. we're waiting to get that fully. Yeah. yeah. So soon. Interesting. I know. Soon. But we have a Facebook. We have Instagram. and Yeah. A lot of videos and mm-hmm. that's cool. <laughs> so it's fun. So we all have our own departments. I'm the office gal. Mm-hmm. Pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> write the checks. Someone's got to do Someone's it. Someone's got to do it. Our mom used to do that, and then we used to do 14 farmers markets a week too. We've scaled that back. Our goal is always to have people come to our farm. Mm-hmm. So we want you guys to come here. Or you know, we do three farmers markets now a week. It's a lot of work. Like we're getting up at two, three in the morning. Loading the trucks, getting to our spot, setting up, which takes two hours. Yeah. Selling for six to eight hours, depending on which one it is. Mm-hmm. Coming home, unloading. I mean, it's a solid 12 plus hour, 13 hour day. And then to wake up and do it again the next day. And yeah. we were doing that five days a week. It's just wow. very exhausting. So, yeah. Yeah. And everything's here. So it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> you know, we'll go to some of our core markets and then get everybody out here. Like, yeah, we'll yeah. Facebook and TikTok and whatever it takes to have people keep coming here to support us. Because Which farmer's markets? We do Wheaton, Downers Grove. What and, day is that? Um, Saturdays as well. Okay. And then Sundays we do downtown Geneva here. Okay. And we've done those markets for a long, like all the markets we've done or had done it for like 20 years or 15. Like my parents used wow. to do it when we were like babies. Yeah. But you kind of have to pick and choose because we have two of us, myself and my sister Kristen have children. Mm-hmm. And so that's very hard to wake up at two or three in the morning <laughs> with your family. You know, it's very hard. Yeah. So you have to kind of make adjustments and do what's best for yeah. your family. And How old are your kids? I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Wow. And, so, and Kristen has a four-year-old. So there's three littles mm. always running around and yeah. keeping us also very busy. Oh, you guys live kind of close to each we other? We all live close. Yeah, we're here. All of us mm, are here almost right. every day. Yeah. So or five that's days, cool. six days a week. Yeah, it's awesome. So it's yeah. fun. You know, we surely are siblings, so we'll butt heads or we're all very strong-minded. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and we're very passionate. We love our farm. It's mm. it's like a, a fifth sibling to us. So we have to yeah. take care of it and make sure it's here forever and make sure that the community enjoys it. And we're always very innovative. Our fruit festivals, we just started those about three or four years ago. So it's like we got to move with the times. Yeah. Was that something that you had in the back of your mind, like, I want to do yeah, this, and it, it kind of came it's into... It's like our... It's coming to fruition because we want people at our farm. Mm. And... You Why know, do you want people at your farm? We want you guys to enjoy our produce. We're growing for you, you know? Yeah, we want yeah. you guys to, to be excited to come here and make it like a weekly or... We've got customers that come daily and they'll just get a corn and a tomato or a uh, peach yeah, and, a, you know, whatever. Cool. Um, or weekly. My dad has been farming in Lyle since like the 50s <laughs> with his dad. Yeah. And then when he and my mom got married late 70s, early 80s, they ventured out this way, yeah. which is awesome. I mean, Fabian Parkway right here was a gravel road. So it was just total country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, okay, there's a Home Depot on the corner mm -hmm. and, you know, but um, yeah, we want to keep our tradition going. We want to keep our legacy alive forever. And we're all well invested in it. It's not a hobby. It's not a have to. It's like we want to do it. So yeah, like we well, where, it. where does that come from? I think it's just instilled in us. Like work ethic has been always and always. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. And in, in, in my dad's side of the family too, like they had family businesses and it was like, this is what we do. And this is what we do together. And my dad worked a lot with his dad and they would grow together. And it just makes you feel so good that you put in so much time and a little seed and then you transfer that to the field or whatever it is, and then it grows. And it's like, oh my gosh, I've got a whole crop of broccoli and I could offer that to people and they're gonna eat it and enjoy and get healthy or feel good. And it just makes us feel good. So mm. it's really rewarding. It's kind of like teaching. I, Like I said, I was a teacher for yeah. 15 years and you get that newbie, I taught Spanish, and you get that new child who's 14, freaked out about being in high school, like, where am I? I don't want to be here. I'm scared. Yeah. And then eight months later, they're about to leave your classroom, and they can talk to you in Spanish, and they have a smile, and they're comfortable. It's just like you're watching them grow, and it's just what we were literally meant to do on this earth. <laughs> what? So, so you were a teacher. Why didn't you work on the farm right away? So. And wh or why did you come I back? I did. I did both. Oh, you did both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the farm closes in the wintertime. And, you know, when you're 16, 17, 18, then gearing like, okay, I, I want it 100%. I love learning. And I didn't go, science was not my route. I, I should have possibly maybe done like horticulture. Maybe, and, you know, thinking back, you're like, you, you could do all these things. Yeah, maybe it would have been beneficial to do something with like flower or, or farming type sciences, but I didn't. But I've always had a passion for language. Our mom lived in Europe for 13 years. She went to every country. We love culture and travel. And when I was in second grade, I took Spanish lessons at my school. Like a mom offered it after school on Wednesdays. So we'd go and do that. And then eighth grade, I, you know, when they offer it in school, I would do the classes. And I just loved it. And it's it's got to be literally in my blood because I've got three cousins and we're all Spanish teachers. Or I, I'm now not, but... We all chose our path and it was like, wait, you're going to be what? I'm that, you know, wow. it was really cool. So huh. I just think it's some part of our programming that we yeah. love culture and passion about language and learning about other people and where they're from. And just, it's so exciting. It makes us get goosebumps. It's exciting. Yeah. And then it was really awesome and beneficial for me that I could speak with some of our coworkers here and I could learn from them and learn about them too. So that yeah. was really, really special to me. So I would teach. And then after school, I would go help my mom like at a farmer's market. We did some night farmer's market. So I'd go and help her. When I was living at home, I would come home and help whatever I had to do or on the weekends or like all summers long too. So 
Was, so it was a lot. <laughs> did they make you help them? No, or? it's just you just you, you want like, to help them. Yeah. You know, you want to help because there was a you lot of work. To your do. family business to, to succeed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of work. Farming never ends. There's yeah. a thousand things to do every day, twenty four seven. There's a even during the winter. Oh gosh, we have animals too that are just our pets. So. Just taking care of them and cleaning stalls and, you know, yes, getting the animals. Yeah. You know, what kind groomed. of animals? We've got goats and sheep, mm-hmm. chickens, turkeys, ducks, yeah. one potbelly pig that we rescued. People will call us and say, hey, I'm moving. I have two goats. They can't come with me. Would you take them in? Yeah. Most often. My, my dad's like Dr. Doolittle, so he'll <laughs> – he's not a veterinarian. He should have been, but, yes, he will rescue and take in. And he would do in the springtime a long time. This was like 20 years ago flea market in Chicago with like flowers and there was a seagull that was injured like it was behind his truck and he's like oh my gosh so he took it here rescued it got it back to health and brought it back to the city and watched it fly away so (laughs) he cannot let an animal go you know yeah so but we have a donkey a llama two miniature ponies it's just all they're our pets we love them and so taking care of them there's always something going you have to manage believe it or not like the orchards in the winter to make sure snow doesn't drift too high. So you're shoveling and plowing between rows so that if the snow's too high, rabbits can chew at the bark. We've learned the hard way. If they strip the bark, your tree's not going to fruit and bear anything the next season. Why why is that? The structure of the the bark helps to keep the plant itself insulated. And if it doesn't have insulation, everything's just going to like kind of freeze out and just it's not going to grow. So it needs to regrow with the bark and that or some of them needed to be fully replaced. Wow. So there's been where we've lost 20, 30% of crop because of snow. Snow. Because, <laughs> yeah. because of the rabbits. Because of, the, because of snow and then rabbits. Because if you get too high of a drift. So you learn. And yeah. you learn things the hard way sometimes too. So Interesting. But we're in the greenhouses planting, transplanting by seed come end of January, early February. So we really only have eight weeks of downtime before the whole shebang goes again. Wow. So it's, Yeah. So when everyone's out sledding, we're in there like farmer's tan, like it's 85 degrees, like we're in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> it do, feels great. Do you guys get the seeds from outside? Or like, how does that work? Do you guys yeah, no, save your we, own seeds? Um, some, but yeah. mo- that is like so much work. I mean, you oh, can't yeah. even, if you have a small little garden in your backyard, sure, you could go out there and any tomatoes you didn't eat, you could pull seeds out. That would, it, that is not a sustainable way of <laughs> farming, farming larger yeah. crop. Um, no. So my dad has all of his different companies that we've had for a long time. We farm only non-GMO seeds. So they're yeah. old fashioned seeds. These are customers who are 85 or 90 like, oh, yeah, I've had that brandy wine tomato since I was 15 or whatever. Yeah. They know, you know, uh, and that's what we strive to, to yeah. do is have the best of the seeds and non-GMO. We want the good, whole, healthy things. Yeah. The whole non-GMO thing, the awareness of it, it's, it's still kind of new. Like, I feel like in the past decade. And yeah, it came into people's awareness. Right. Was your dad aware of that before? Or is that like, oh, wow, we're actually I mean, people. you get some, you want your food to be healthy for you. And, yeah. and you want it to be true and real. And I get it. There's things like, truly, probably, right? Like a seedless watermelon. It does have seeds, right? But they're seedless because the black seeds aren't in there. And there's like little white seeds. So you get some stuff that's different. But yeah. no, we just want to grow what's true and real and not the good taken out of it. And you have to understand though, too, is like you have to adapt like with technology and medicine and that kind of stuff for our world too. So sometimes things are good, right? Like Mm. you want 
things and trees that are going to be adaptable to our new environments, right? Yeah. That maybe a tree that was from 1900 wouldn't survive a winter now because they didn't have polar vortexes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't, ha- you know, so so it's good what science can do, yeah. but you don't want to take it too far. You know, yeah. you want to kind of be in the middle ground or keep it balanced. Yeah. How do you too. guys keep that balance? How do you judge... Like, how did you guys evolve? I'm sure it's, it was an evolution. Yeah, right? it really like, was. Oh, yeah, because if you came here in, like, 1988 <laughs> yeah. to what we are now, you know, just by looking at structures or fields and stuff like that, the orchard didn't exist yet. So you have to evolve. The farm is, like, a life. It's And we need to adapt and adjust to what our community wants, our yeah. the needs. It used to be a family of six people on a far, you know, farming. Now it's each of us with our families that yeah. have to survive off of it, right? And mm. make it an earning. So you have to adapt and adjust and and do what's best that'll be sustainable. And but as far as my dad picking out, we do a lot of reading and seminars. We go to conventions and you get cohorts with other farmers. You do a lot of learning through hands-on experiences. Yeah. When we started our orchard, my brother and my dad got together with a great apple farmer in Michigan and he came down and he was walking with my brother and my dad and explaining like because Illinois is different than Michigan too right and he's really high up in northern Michigan but if this happens with your weather you got to be do this to your trees and this kind of stuff so you just learn from one another and it's like old school like really like the older generation teaches the younger and continues Mm -hmm. to teach it and teach those patterns so yeah it's good how how do you feel like it was different 1988 till now it's gonna look completely different maybe nature or even business like how has it changed well you can tell weirdly that temperature has really changed oh yeah oh yeah like a couple years ago weirdly we had in march it was like 80 something degrees and all of a sudden you start to see and it was like that for like three or four days you could see fruit trees starting to blossom and it was like oh gosh no do not do that why if they're blossoming in March, they're not going to, and then it's all of a sudden not going to stay 80 degrees in March. So mm-hmm. it's going to have a frost or a freeze then and thereafter, then and then everything will bloom out and then it's done. And then that fruit, oh. it's like almost like mind games with the tree. So it's like, oh, no, wait, don't do that. Yeah. And they did do that. And so you lose some fruit. I mean, uh. you'll talk to farmers who will lose an entire crop of apples if the temperature is not right. So you'll mm. see, I don't know if... Uh, with global warming or whatever it is. But honestly, you see that the seasons are shifting now where May, it's freezing. Like it's cold. Nobody wants to swim on Memorial Day, right? When kids get out of school, it's still pretty chilly out. And pools, it's almost like they shouldn't even open until the second, third week of June. It can get still chilly. And then September is hot as heck. It's like, oh my gosh, who wants to put a pumpkin out if it's like 85 degrees and it's hot and melting, you know? So you can see that seasons are kind of shifting over. Interestingly, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just like a a fluke or you're like, what the heck? Yeah, and that March thing hasn't happened again. Okay. And then sometimes you get it where it's like, oh, it's so cold we can't get the greenhouses going quite yet or things are frozen or, you know, so it just, yeah, we are a hundred percent mother nature based. Like it's in God's hands. (laughs) Literally, he will tell us, nope, you're not planting today. And (laughs) we have to wait, you know, but then you can be creative. So we always put plastic down for some of our crops in the fields to help with the weeds. But my brother will put up some hoop houses. So it's like, okay. What are hoop houses? So they are basically like an insulated mini little greenhouse-esque, okay. no heat, but it's just to protect the plants, like early potatoes or onions or some cold crops out there from the elements. So it's like, 
okay, you can't get the frost on this plant because it's nice and protected and it's kind of keeping everything insulated. Gotcha. And then once we know, okay, the weather's surely going to level in May or whatever, we just unroll those off and then the plant's healthy and growing strong. So you kind of have to play around Mother Nature as, as best yeah. you can. But she could rain down on you and, yeah. <laughs> and are, strike you gone. Are a lot of the techniques that you use for farming things that have been used for the past century or are they new most so we hand plant everything hand pick everything yeah we're out there picking corn everything green beans everything is by hand berries by hand you can get some ranchers maybe in california who have a berry picking machine machine and it just has these threads that go through the fields and they just scoop up or like cherry trees that they shake the trees and the cherries just fall off. Everything that we have is all hand-planted, hand-picked, hand-maintained. Yeah. So in a great way, surely it's very labor-intensive, but in a great way, we're out there monitoring every day. We know, oh, wait a minute, it looks like there could be some bird damage over here in this part of the field. or mm-hmm. Bird damage? Bird damage where they're nibbling. Yeah. Uh, so we have to put balloon, like these big contraptions out there that kind of scare the birds away, or we'll put um, (laughs) sound machines. Yeah, this is the technology that farmers have to their advantage. (laughs) So we have to have, it's a lot, I'm telling you, it's a lot to be a farmer, but it's rewarding to make sure that that crop grows. So Uh we have like sound machines that'll be out there. So if it's like sound activated, if it hears whatever, it could be a bird or a deer or anything like that, it'll make a noise and it scares them away. All safe things, but it's just to get the bird out of the field, you know, don't eat our crops. Um, but you have to adapt. Yeah, we're, we're kind of old school meets new world a little bit to make sure that the crops can grow. <laughs> Why don't you so, guys use machines? First of all, we're not like a California ranch. We don't have 20,000 acres of green beans that they would use with that. So it's not necessary for us. Yeah. And those might be, again, farmers that are like, okay, we're going to go check that crop in two weeks and see how it's doing. Whereas, no, we're there every day monitoring it. We're micromanaging in a good way where it's like, okay, those five plants aren't growing. Pull them, put some new ones in right away so we can be, you know, just maintaining it a little bit better. And yeah, we're smaller scale. We're not ginormous, but we know how to maximize our land, which yeah. is good. How, so. how do you guys think about the economics of your farm? Like, how do you stay sustainable? Like, who's even in charge of thinking about the big picture? All of, of us that? are. Yeah, yeah, we really all have to have that vision. That's why we do, you know, our family meetings and stuff like that. Because, yeah, there can be points. COVID, prime example. It's like, mm. okay. So we were creative. We created a drive through farmer's market. Some of our farmer's markets still, as of right now, are not back up and operating due to COVID and then COVID crumbling, whereas structures have decided to, you know, we're not going to do it again. So they, it crumbled. That's again, a prime example of why people need to come to the farm, support your farmers, support your local, you know, small so that they can be growing for you forever. But again, it's our passion. We're not going to let anything crumble and and go away. (laughs) So We created this drive-through environment for customers. So whomever they were, elderly, moms with babies that didn't want to get out of their car, because we're open air mostly, but we set it all up. They stayed in their car. We shopped alongside of them. We put all of our produce out under tents, kind of like a farmer's market. And they would stay in their cars, line up from Fabian Parkway, line up, drive in. We'd grab, they'd cashier out, and then they'd pull right back out and go. So you have to be creative. Like if you're not, then it's probably not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, COVID. but yeah, you can't That's let right. things push you down, right? You got to be innovative, creative, put your heads together. You will definitely have bad years. You'll definitely have crop failure. We saw it last year, two years ago with trees, and this year with 
flooding <laughs> with lots of rain in the spring oh, yeah. and that's detriment. That's, that's bad. Like we yeah. want the rain, but we need like gentle night rain, <laughs> not during the day for selling and not during, you know, like 10 days in a row. So yeah. it's just, it's hard. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a, a consistent nine to five. Like, yep, I'm just going to go to work and come home. It's yeah. a lot of stress. It's a lot of thinking. You're always thinking, how are the fields going to do tomorrow if it rains too much or if there's too much wind or, but. And all six of you are thinking like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we're thinking like that maybe in our own little departments too, our mm. own little worlds too. Like mm. how many donuts do I need to make for my farmer's markets or for our festivals? Mm. And you don't want to overmake or undermake, but you just, you got to go with the flow. And, yeah, you know, your donuts are awesome. They're good. The they're good. We yeah. just made some a couple hours ago. Okay, cool. <laughs> we can have one after this. <laughs> <laughs> it's our reward <laughs> from working. Wow. But no, it's fun. We just want everyone to kind of get a, a sliver and a piece of what farm life is. We are a family environment. We want people to come here and relax. Mm -hmm. We know everyone is stressed and works hard and they need to have some time to enjoy with their family, to be outside, yeah. see some animals, you know. Mm -hmm. So our um, this weekend and next weekend, which is August 6th, 7th and 13th, 14th, we've got our blueberry fest and our corn boil. So people will come on out. We've got multiple bands playing throughout the whole day. We do all of our own grilling. So we've got Angus burgers, Illinois brats, homegrown sweet corn hot off the boil, lots of other fun foods too, beer garden. And it's just like chill, relax, let the kids and have family play together. Mm -hmm. It's not just like go run and parents hide. It's like, no, dude, go play basketball with your mm -hmm. child. Or we've got giant hamster wheels, these big old pipes that kids can run in, wow. zip lines for the parents to go on, jumping pillow too. So it's really all ages. Yeah. Go see the animals and play. Do, do you guys rent all this equipment? My brother built almost everything. What? Yes. Anything that's wood, like the train station, everything, the basketball hoppers, besides like the playground and a couple picnic tables yeah. and like the rocking chair he didn't. But everything out here that's wood, my brother has built. Wow. All the structures. Yeah. So he's very handy. So that's like downtime. Those farmers don't sleep kind of thing. Mm. You're thinking of next year. Like we already had a Christmas tree meeting a couple days ago. So you're always thinking a couple seasons ahead. Wait, what's how often do these family meetings happen? Almost daily by text. Like, hey, <laughs> don't forget this. But together, all five of us is probably weekly or every 10 days or so if we need it or, you know, ramping up for what's coming soon or whatever. Yeah. We host field trips on our farm during fall time. Mm -hmm. During the summer months, I do farmer for the day field trips too. So kids and maybe daycares or homeschool groups or just groups of people coming out. I give them tours of the field. The kids get out there and get to do picking. We get to see our honeybees, all of our beehives, and we talk about honey and how it's created. They get to taste honey and just kind of have a tour of the farm. So it's a lot of fun for them. So Who, that's where I get my teaching back onto the farm, which yeah, I love that. That's cool. So, yeah. Who are your customers? Are, like, what? why should people come <laughs> here when you can just go on Amazon Right. Yeah. And get your apples yeah. and get, get all your stuff. All, all your stuff. Right. Right. Like, okay. So they have this awesome store with fruits and plants. And this is my first time here. And people are walking through and yep. buying stuff here. Yep. Why aren't they buying stuff in Amazon? Right. Right. I think keeping it real in your head, too. Obviously, yes, you want to support local. Like, that's really important. Right. It's better to go to a mom pop shop in your downtown local town and buy a homemade cake versus like a, a big cake from a big 
box store. It's going to be fresher. It's going to have real ingredients. It's got a lot of love behind it. And yeah, it might cost you a little bit more money, but you know in your heart you're giving back to a good cause or a, a good family to keep that family going, right? And do you think that's what your customers... That's oh, yeah. I mean, we've are? got customers who have been with us since like grand opening 1985 <laughs> yeah. who know our mom and what she created and with our dad. And and then you have a lot of new people who are moving in, too. So mm-hmm. I think that all people should know and appreciate their towns and wherever they are and yeah. really support your farmers because it's a dying industry. It's not easy. And I'll tell you what, nobody comes here and says, sign me up. I want to be a farmer today. Right. <laughs> yeah, they they yeah. realize like. Yeah, you're up at five or six in the morning on the weekends, up at two thirty or three in the morning, and you don't stop till we close, right? And then you're thinking a lot, and it's not to glorify farming or anything like that. It's just the reality of what farming is, and people need to be appreciative of their food because it's your body. You want to give yourself the best. Like, sure, treat yourself to a piece of pizza, McDonald's, whatever, but the core of what you're putting in you should be fresh. It should be local. Our honey is local from our farm. So if you go and get it from Amazon, sure, it can come from a different state, a country, whatever, but that's not going to do the best for your body. It's not true and pure. So if you have allergies and you take our honey because you're allergic to the stuff that's right around you, it's going to help you. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what the bees are pollinating all the stuff that you're sneezing, right? If you're sneezing and you're over by a crop or you're in a lilac area of flowers, you're now putting that into your body with the pollen from the honey. And then it's going to basically almost like a, what do you, I need to look at what it's called, but it's going to give it to you. And then you're going to build the resistance up from that. Oh, like, like a oh, vaccine. Yeah. Kind of like a natural. Yeah. So buying local and supporting locally only does you better in the long run. And again, sure, anybody could go to a grocery store or whatever, Amazon and get their goodies and they might get them for like half the price or, you know, a third less price, or they might have a blowout sale of something's 10 for $1. But same token too, it's like, do you want something that's 10 for $1? Is it fresh? Was Mm. it just picked or was that in a warehouse or a storage for three weeks because some stuff can sit a year a year yeah i heard that a lot of produce what you're seeing on the shelf is something they picked a year ago yes you can get items where they will put them like it's crazy to even think of it but it's like it's called hydrocooling like gas chambers Mm -hmm. where they will gas so everything is shocked whether it's peaches or pears or apples yeah and then all of a sudden it might look like a great apple and then you're eating it six months later seven months later two months later and it's like mealy garbage yuck right yeah no come to your local farm stand um or a farmer's market support those farmers who are picking it for you the day before or a couple days before that morning and getting the fresh is the best someone was telling me like eat eat the stuff that's local because a lot of the stuff that you get from the store they were grown unnaturally yes unnaturally mess up it could be bleached garlic could be so pure white it's bleached like it's got why would they bleach it to make it pure white and look appealing when you go to a farmer's market or a farm stand and you see dirt Mm -hmm. or you see an imperfection that's a good thing you want your stuff to look normal right normal is not 100 perfect you want to see where the dirt met the plant and maybe that tomato has a, a little pocket in it because it grew around the soil, <laughs> yeah. right? That's a good thing. Yeah. It shouldn't look like, you know, a picture drawn. 
plastic yeah. wax figure. <laughs> yeah. I tell people, be mindful of that. Like, that's okay. <laughs> it's okay if it has a stripe in it. That's a good thing. Do you feel like the people who come out to farmer's market are people who know stuff like that? Some. And some you can tell are new or learning or yeah. just being adventurous for the day. So you do yeah. every day you're teaching something. How to store their produce. Um, how do you store your produce? Depending on what it is. Mm -hmm. So don't wash until you're going to consume because water will break down the compounds and it's going to start to brown, rust, mold. Like don't ever keep it in a plastic bag and throw it in the fridge because that's or even on the countertop. Immediately that bag's going to condensate and it's going to start to brown and mold your produce. So putting things in your crisper drawers of your fridge is really important. Your stone fruit, so things that have a Wait, pit. crisper drawer? Like in the refrigerator, oh, okay, you've got yeah. the temperature boxes. Like there's like normally like one or two drawers that are less wet. They have less moisture in them. Mm -hmm. And that's really good. So keeping for the produce. For the produce yeah. Okay. So like your corn, keep it in its husk. Put it in the crisper drawer, no bags. If you get green beans, they can stay in like the little pulp court containers that most farmers sell them in, those green containers uh -huh. or the little wooden boxes. In the crisper drawer, leave them as is. Okay. And then understand too, yeah, berries are not meant to last 10, 12 days. They're meant to be eaten in two, three, four days. That's the reality mm. of. That's yeah. a true fruit. Yeah. And if you don't get to it, then freeze it. Add it to your mm. oatmeal, your smoothies, your yogurt as needed, right? That's what I do. My freezer is full because I'm like, oh, I didn't get to it. Freeze it immediately because we'll use it in a smoothie or something. Do you talk about this stuff on your TikTok? I should. You should. <laughs> Actually, that's a good idea. I know. Someone else mentioned that too. I should do a little how to preserve your produce better. Yeah. But it is not meant to be a two-week-long venture. Some things, yeah. Yeah, onions, potatoes, on garlic. Sure, you can keep that stuff. Buy your produce. Go old school. Like think back, old world, Europe, China. They would go literally to the market every day. They would get their produce daily. They'd send mom or grandma or the kids after school. I need you to go get me a dozen of eggs, a little loaf of bread, two tomatoes, and whatever they're having for that day to eat. And then you do it again tomorrow and you do it again the next day. So we need to be better. We're in the world of like buy bulk, hoard, <laughs> and then, oh, I throw out 10%, 30%, whatever it is. So it's like visit your farmer's markets every week. Buy what you're going to eat. And make that your priority food too, right? Make that refrigerator food, your produce, your proteins, make that your priority. And then your pantry as your like secondary. Yeah, you need yeah. your grains, if, however you choose for your diet, but that's what's important. Yeah. And then that preservation too of like, if you can, or if you freeze, my dad and sister have been doing a lot of canning because now we're getting into that type of the season of that's how you can preserve some of your produce. So you have it longer. Can for just yourselves? Can for ourselves. We've got some customers. We do some pickles and stuff like that too that people love. My mom's old recipes. So yeah, we can for, for customers too. But yeah. Or you'll see a lot of our jarred items too are made by the Amish. But yeah, that's good stuff. Then you can get fresh canned peaches and you can have those in the wintertime and add those huh. into your oatmeal or yeah. pancakes. Or yeah, I've been really thinking about the winter, like doing things naturally. Yeah. Because during the winter... You don't have berries. No. I also heard someone talk about how like doing things naturally of what's actually happening in the real local level. Yeah. Eating in that way is yeah. actually better for the body. body. It makes sense. If you were to able to sit down for two weeks and not do anything but learn about your body and yourself, right? We would all be like in a great place. My husband and I last night, weirdly, and I have to, this is what I'm going to start reading about. 
I've always taken a probiotic for years. Doctor said it was a good idea, clean gut health, and I've done it for my children. Had no idea there's something called a prebiotic and a postbiotic. Literally last night we watched a TikTok with going back to TikTok. So I want to look into that. Why is it important to have all three? Or do you, you know, you need to learn about your body now that we're not 15 and 16 and just pounding portillos and McDonald's and, you know, going out for college and that kind of stuff. It's like, take care of yourself and eat true and real. And you might live to be a hundred or you'll at least feel better every day that you are reaching that year of a hundred or whatever. So yeah, our body should be number one. And, and I'm very guilty. I am not I am not 100% where my goal weight should be. I am not. I will eat donuts. I will, but be mindful. <laughs> your like, donuts are hard to I, resist. It's very hard to resist our donuts, but it's, it's important to be mindful of what we should be doing. Yeah. And, but I like that because going back to what you said about eating in that season for your body, I mean, think about like what do animals do, right? Bears don't get to have berries in November, October, you know, the end of the season. And cavemen, right? They would eat to their environment and so be mindful of that and who knows yeah have you heard of a bear having cancer or right exactly you know, exactly the illnesses yes. that we humans are having yeah exactly you're right yeah i need to start figuring out how can i preserve stuff for the winter yes. and like in the dead of the winter i feel like i crave different types of produce maybe that's just literally being raised on a farm i know that lettuce is not coming in from the field right now. So my mind kind of would go like, ooh, butternut squash sounds really good. Or, you know, like those roasted veggies or like beets and turnips, like they sound really great. So I, we kind of adapt a little bit of our eating from what we've been always, what we've always had, you know, like, oh, Brussels sprouts, like I want, you know. So it's not like I'm sitting there eating salads all winter long, I'm not. I'm eating more, and I will get some stuff, it stinks. I have to go to the grocery store yeah, and get yeah. produce, and I feel like it's a cardinal sin, like don't go, <laughs> you know, we're a farmer, and I'm going, oh my gosh, but. Does your dad know? Oh, that's Farmer Wayne, and he's of course pulling up right here in the loud, dusty, sorry about that. It's all good. Um, He's blowing so, dust all over Yes, us. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I told you, you never know what to expect outside on the farm. But yeah, so that's my goal this year, though, is to kind of learn more about me and inside Mm. and how to make my life a better me, you know, what I'm eating and putting in my body. And yeah, where did that come from? Why? My husband and I just really started talking about it recently. I mean, obviously, we always have eaten healthy. He had never really had lots of veggies to his disposal when he was growing up. So when he and I started dating like a long 20 years ago and I'm like, hey, let's go make some Brussels sprouts and some chick. He's like, wait, what? (laughs) What is this green ball? What's this thing? And once you have kids, I think that your mindset kind of flips a little bit and you want to be here forever for them. You want to, my children know nothing more of, they know all produce. They ask for second helpings of broccoli and asparagus and it's like second nature. And then I'm sure some kids are like, oh my gosh, I wouldn't touch a green thing with a 10 foot pole. But it was just like introduced here you go. This is what our family's eating and it's natural, right? So we want to make sure that everything that we're doing the best we can is more natural and healthier for us. And start to, once you hit four, almost 40, it's like you got to kind of eliminate a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> kind of pull back a little bit, and, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's possible to feel mm-hmm. like we're 20 years old yeah. in our 40s. And yes. I think diet. Yeah. That's a huge part of that. Yeah. I remember our mom's cousin. She's so cool. She's like in her 70s now. And 
she lived in Georgia. We'd go every summer, my siblings and I, my sister, one sister for sure, and I would go. And she's a huge health nut, like huge. There was zero soda, like not, no, nothing. Yeah. But f- good, fun things. Like we would just have awesome sweet dates and that was like our, our fruit, like, or I mean, our, our treat. <laughs> she would like smush them up on like tortilla and whatever with Nutella or whatever. That was like a legit, like you're eating a candy bar. And we were always so disappointed, like, mom, cousin Holly won't let us have a pop or, you know, we don't get to have any chocolate or whatever it was, you know, when we were there. And now I'm like, Cousin Holly, I need you here with me every day. Be my <laughs> chef. Like we would have carrot juice every morning and it was just the thing. And we're like, oh, we're having carrot juice, <laughs> but it's good for you, you know? And yeah. so just instilling that early on when you have kids is I think is so important. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. You were talking about working on me. Yeah. The thing is what other people are doing aren't necessarily what's good for me. And right. I need to figure that out. Yeah. And I'm still figuring yeah. that out for every me. day. Yes. And like listening to my body, like, oh, they said that broccoli's good for me, but it's making me feel this way. Yeah. You know, and like figuring out, okay, my system is different. Want, than, yes, yeah. exactly. Right. Everybody's system's different. How it breaks things down is different. And yeah, what it can tolerate or not, or yep. And there's other ways to get those vitamins and the protein and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's hard. Because it. I think a very hard thing to do is when you come home from a long day of work, or whatever you're doing throughout your day, you're just exhausted. It's like, okay, now I have to cook for like an hour and a half or whatever it is, an hour and get all these components. And so do the best you can to pre, pre-do it, right? Like if you have a day off, make an extra something, freeze something, get it so it's easier. Because we live in the United States where we are working like six or seven days a week. We're not in that world that everybody has off on Sundays, right? A lot of people are working weekends. So it's just a different area, a different place, but you have to be in the mindset of like, let's make it quick. Let's make it efficient and healthy and yeah. how we can do that. So how do you guys, um, I'm jumping here, but how, how do you guys price your produce? Is it like if one part of the farm totally failed, like do you have to boost up the price of it something could be. else? There can be gives and takes with that. Yeah. This year, everything just sucks. Everything was so expensive at soil. You have to buy soil that's treated for the greenhouses. Natural fertilizers were through the roof. Everything with like petroleum and gas and the tractors, you factor everything really into it too. There are some price points that my dad knows about from, you know how you might hear on like a, well, if you listen to AM radio, (laughs) you'll hear like the cost of corn, the bushel price of corn this week is blah, blah, blah. So there's base prices, which is more of like corn, right? Or like, you know, corn that's going to be turned into gas. So there's base prices per state or for the nation and stuff like that. But yeah, you could have crop failure or you could have an abundance. And it's like, okay, things are going to be on mega special this week or something like that because you can't let crop just sit. So if there's a market and you have to kind of play with it and um, a wholesale side of it and the retail side of it too. So we get people who want to come out. We wholesale to like local restaurants or organizations or, you know, different things like that too who call us up and they want bulk. Nursing homes will come and buy bulk for their, which is great for their tenants and stuff like that too. But no, you're not necessarily going to go to a farm stand or a farmer's market and you're not going to get dirt cheap. We do not live in, you know, 1930s, 1940s where you're getting 10 things for a penny. (laughs) Everyone just needs to be mindful of where did it come from. I tell some customers who kind of maybe right away don't understand it. I'll say to be very polite, like come and shadow us for one day and just see the full circle of how that tomato came from a seed 
to the field management, picked, washed, prepped, brought to you at two in the morning and put on a table for you to enjoy. Like, it's not easy. And then most people will be like, yeah, you're so right about that. Why? You know, they, you live in your own world and you don't, it's, it's nice to take your reflectors off and kind of look around you too. And I try to do that for what I do when I'm out shopping or I'm like, yeah, this sweater, someone had to make that. It's not easy, right? And that's why it costs $95 or whatever. It's not quick and easy. And, or that cake that you're buying for a birthday party. Yeah. It's, I don't want it to be $15. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> I want it to be more. And I want to feel good about giving the money to that local baker who got up at the crack of dawn to make it and fresh, you know, and taste good. So just be more mindful, I guess, is important for all of us, myself included. The whole inflation thing, people are talking about price of produce going up. <laughs> I know. How is that impacting you guys? So the cost of Seeds. all of our goods has gone up for our, like what we use. So cardboard, even to the little silly containers, the plastics for the donuts, all of that stuff has raised. We've done our darndest to not, we've tried it to be where it's like, we're just kind of bouncing that and it's not being too much reflected onto our customers. We're, we yeah. try as hard as we can to not say, guess what? Your corn's going to be $95 a dozen now. You know, like you can't, you, you, you can't. So yeah, it stinks. So it's like, okay, are we doing. Are, are you guys taking the hit or. Oh, On what? some of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to, like, there's not, I mean, you can't charge people The people will stop buying. You can't, you know what I mean? We're kind of at the capped out, but we're kind of praying that things don't keep raising because you can't get get much more for anything, you know? So it's kind of a, and it's pickle. People aren't going to buy a Ford for six figures. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you can't, you know, so you gotta. I've also watched a lot of YouTube videos of farmers saying, Hey, the day of reckoning is coming. Like all these farms are like struggling and like. That's what's hard. It's, and I've read some articles too, and I don't remember what state it was, but like cattle farms, when you go through like mega droughts and the weather affecting it, if there's no crops for those animals to feed or the feed's too expensive to feed the animals, yeah, then guess what? The whole herd, which is crazy, has to go to slaughter. It's like, that's, that really is really, really sad, right? It is sad to say, but it is true that farming is not in everyone's mindset when they go to college or unless your grandpa has a farm or your cousin has a farm, which is probably not. No, it is. It's truly preserve and cherish your farms. Keep them in your communities as long as possible. Like I make it a point when we would go to Georgia, we're stopping to get boiled peanuts over there. We're getting peaches from that farm. Go to all of them, right? Buy one thing from all and make them all that much more happy for their day. And yeah. because it it's hard. It's really it's really hard. And then Mother Nature doesn't help if you've got wildfires and crop failure and droughts or floods. It's very hard. It stinks. Our so, goal is to be here forever. Our goal yeah. is to but it's really challenging but right it's now. challenging yeah you definitely get your your ups and downs like and covid was a huge challenge like huge so you have to be creative as best you can and you cut back you make things work some things don't work you know like, what do you guys cut back i mean we might say guess what we're not going to add a luxury item in the field this year we're just going to grow straightforward you know things that we know people yeah. like and enjoy like in the last two years what did you guys have to cut back or decide to cut back <sighs> let's see some of the like for crops my brother scott does he's like the crop 
manager. So he, he'll do that. For example, if there's seeds that's more expensive, he'll say, no, we're not going to grow that this year, you know, or novelty pumpkins are more expensive where they're the harder shell pumpkin, the hard shell squash pumpkins. No, we're not doing that. We're just going straight forward because you have to make sure that the customers are going to buy it. So if the seed's more expensive and it's a luxury pumpkin kind of a style, no, we're not yeah. going to do that those, you know, those years or whatever. Yeah. Why, of, why do the seeds get more expensive? It might be like for pumpkins where they are maybe like a a newer fashioned seed so mm. that, I don't know. So yeah. I don't know. That's a great question too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because I'm interested in how the whole ecosystem right. of like yeah. like the soil, soil. Why, why, is, why is the natural fertilizer getting more, more expensive? expensive? I know. There's things that, of course, you can control and things you can't control. Yeah. And unfortunately, when you have an economy right now or government right now that's sometimes out of whack or things you don't have control over everything. And that's why you also can't get too stressed out too. You can't, because otherwise you could just run yourself in circles like on a hamster wheel. So you can't control everything. So just go slow and be mindful of what you can control. So like, for example, with our animals, we'll use all the manure and when we clean it out, we'll disc that into our fields so that the pumpkins are healthy and all the plants and old produce, we reuse that. So it's all built into the soil to give it the real natural fertilizers and stuff like that too. So we do the best we can with that. So what percentage of the stuff that you guys produce yourself is the percentage of the whole pie of fertilizer you use? A fertilizer? Yeah, because you're talking about the manure yeah. and like your own produce. Is it like just That's a, a teeny tiny bit? That's a really good question for my brother. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, gosh, we have probably a hundred animals, so that's being done but a lot. But it's not enough because you oh, need God, to no. get... Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. No, it's not. We like to use up, and that is definitely instilled by my dad's parents, especially his mother, so my grandma. Like, don't let things go to waste. There's ways to reuse it or have a new purpose for it or something, you know. If a tomato is too old, guess who's going to love that tomato? Our ducks. <laughs> they will like fight over a tomato that maybe, you know, is too bruised or, you know, sat on the vine too long or something and they will love it. Or we do a lot of our own homemade, you know, baking. So I'm able to take our zucchini. If we have too many, guess what? We're shredding that down and it's, we're having zucchini bread anyway. So we, yeah. So we're able to bake with our items too. And so that's a good thing too. So yeah. I feel like that ethos needs to come back. Yeah. My, my philosophy is that we're sucking the earth dry. Yeah. And we don't realize that we're doing it. Yeah. Um, or igno we're just ignorant to, you know, like. And distracted. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. That's very true. I agree with that. I guess if everybody just does a sliver or a little bit, if everyone's mindful one way in their own home, that it, it could work or it yeah. could make it a better place. Or Do you feel like the, the ground is drier than it was in the past or do you feel like no not really I don't know my brother would be the person yeah. to answer that one maybe I should talk to your brother honestly we should have yeah that would be awesome yeah because he knows in different areas too you know obviously you rotate your crops every season too so what's down there was over there last year and that kind of thing too but we have done a lot of irrigating if I could say that I know that much so we're out there watering we pray when it rains. We're happy when it rains at night because night rain is so important. It's not the harsh sun that just soaks up the waters right away. It's like the nice gentle rain that just floods the fields and makes yeah. them nice. And it's not hot and nasty out most of the time at night. And so that's really good for the crops. But 
we've had to do a lot of watering. Yeah. <laughs> so were you raised religious? Yeah. My mom, um, her side of the family, you know, is Christian. And out of all the siblings, I think I'm the most like go to church type of religion with my faith. But I sang in our church's praise band for a long time. And yeah, I was a junior high youth leader. And when we're in go mode, we don't go to church on Sundays, but in our church knows us. <laughs> they, it's hard like, with kids. It. Well, yeah, it's just hard with the farm because we're like, uh, Sundays are huge busy t- days oh, for us. Oh, really? So <laughs> they're like, okay, see you in November. <laughs> <laughs> so we still, you know, we, we pray all the time, but um, yeah. <laughs> we love our God and our mindsets too. But no, but my siblings are, they believe in God and yeah. they know our mom's at peace and we buried her right over there. So she oh, cool. looks over our field at the cemetery. And so... Yeah, some days you're just like, oh, God, like, help us with yeah. this weather or whatever it is, because we got to feed people. And do, you, wanna... do you believe that prayer works? I do. Absolutely, yeah. I do. Can you share one story of prayer Working? coming to fruition? I mean, honestly, I feel as though, like, because our mom's passing is very recent, we just had the one-year remembrance of her, that praying for peace we are at peace because last year it was a really hard year and she had an autoimmune disease. And so we were having to stomach feed her and, you know, and we were working and then having to take care of her at nighttime. And it was just very stressful. And we've never dealt with this before. You don't expect your parent to pass away when you're in your thirties and they're like, she had just turned 70. So it's really young, but we were so stressed out. We were on edge and we were just trying everything to make the heart of COVID. Mm. Everything was just so hard and making sure people were healthy and she was healthy. And then just praying a lot of like, we just need peace and she's at peace. And this year, yes, we go through our days where we're sad, very sad, but we're at peace. And I just feel her presence around us. And I just know like there's like a hug. I don't know. I just, I feel it. So I definitely believe in prayer. I, you know. It's just something that, yeah. Yeah. Our family, we're big givers and it's really cool. Like, so for example, on our farm every season, every year, I should say, we have like coin jars. So people, nobody likes coins. (laughs) So they're like, I don't want my coins, keep them. So we put our jars around and people put their coins in there. So we pick different organizations to sponsor for those coins. So this year we chose our mom's it's called Scleroderma Foundation. So that's the autoimmune disease she had. And then we also partnered with or sponsoring the Heifer Project, which is awesome if you've never heard of it. Our church did this a long time ago. And I just thought it was, it's like so meant to like a magnet for us. So um, Heifer International, it's called. And what they do is they will purchase animals, beehives, water systems for third world countries. So last week, I just took a bunch of change in and donated to them an alpaca. So Mm. they will buy an alpaca, you know, and most of it is maybe South America, some in Africa, and maybe some in Asia. And then they set up these animals at these farms for these people. And then they are able to, they teach them how to handle the animal. Like some of them, you can shear the sheep, take the wool, make it into clothing, and then you can milk the sheep and you can sell cheese or milk. And then eventually the sheep is old and then you can eat the sheep. So it's just really cool to like full circle give back in other places in the world. So our family really loves to give. We really are big givers. And that absolutely comes really from both of our parents too. Like, um, so it's just really neat. And we're hoping maybe we can try to raise the money to make a, there's a, you can buy a whole beehive colony for the town. 
so that they can have hun- honey for the town. And oh, that's cool. I didn't turn my phone off. So <laughs> no, sorry. it's all good. I I left my phone on too. I love that your dad's still like oh my doing stuff. He is the most active 75 year old man. Farmers don't retire, just so you know that. They don't play golf. <laughs> At least my dad doesn't. Without the farm, he 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 gets so depressed in the winter. He's just like, I want to be in the fields. I want to be mowing. I want to be in the greenhouses. So we have to like get him out of the house. Like, hey, dad, let's let's go on a family vacation. Let's just take it. We, so last year we went to Florida and mm. we went to the orange groves. So we picked oranges. <laughs> we were in the fields. I'm not kidding. And this year we might take him to California. So he, he wants to see the almond trees and mm. bloom. So in blossom. So. Um, yeah, so when he's we, a farmer, he's a in farmer, blood. and he will never not be. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So, but he, yeah, he beyond takes pride. It's really cool because again, he learned from his dad and took something so small and was able to come here with ideas and visions and with my our mom and and make something bigger. It's yeah, just a that's great cool, feeling. Really cool. Yeah, yep. Well, but it takes time and it takes money. Yeah, yeah. we just built an addition onto our greenhouses last year because we literally were running out of space. Like we don't have enough space for our crops, you know, or our veggie plants or our hanging baskets. So we took our time, you know, saved and then we're able to put an extension on. So we're always thinking and thinking of the future. We just did another phase of our orchard. So yeah. What what do you mean phase of your orchard? Another section planted. So that one picking opened up last summer or last early fall for there. Now this phase will be open this year so it's yeah. like a two-year time difference yeah um, do you guys do organic farming we're not certified organic that re- is a lot of restrictions and requirements and you have to like leave your soil completely unused for like five seven years yeah it's extremely costly it's just not for us oh yeah it's ex- i mean like millions like it would be wow. yeah your whole everything has to be like pure yeah. and so we just do our best practices, low to no spraying. We've got that micromanagement that we're in yeah. there. What like, do you have to spray? What do we have to spray? Yeah, or like, I hear like what crops? people talking about, yeah. That's going to be a question for my brother. He's oh, okay. the one who knows all the specifics on yeah. that. And you've got different types of crops with different types of issues, whether it's like a virus can come onto your plant. You could have birds that are damaging your crop. You could have Canadian geese that decide to come over right as you've planted and uh, then they start to eat all the seeds. Wow. So there's literally, and they'll come in flocks. <laughs> They're like, hey, we're coming to have some lunch. So you have to be mindful. It could be viral. It could be a bacteria. So much it could to be think about. a lot to think about. Yeah. Animal, mm. rodent, you just, you don't know. So, yeah. um, I feel like farmers are the earth's superheroes. <laughs> yeah, Everybody's kind of. superheroes. But like, they're like, <laughs> That's true. The, what do you call it when people who are like, awesome aren't given the credit that they deserve. Yeah, right, right. It's like, geez. It's just a lot of work. Like it's, yeah. and that's the hardest part is like there's so many intricacies that go deep into like an ear of corn yeah. <laughs> or a cucumber, you know? Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, it can be taken for granted or just not really thought of. You don't think of it, you know, who that, everyone's busy. You know, when thinks about when they're yeah. like, you it's know, sad, who made though. this? It, I know, it's yeah. So, so it's I, important to... Take a step back. and Yeah, I, f- I feel like COVID, I mean, yes, there's a lot of negative things that happened, but I feel like it helped people. It made you stop. Think, stop and think, stop. like, what yeah. am I doing with my life? What's yes. going on in the world? Yep. Like, my beliefs, yes. like, all I these things. Yeah. And it made me take action on, you know what? These are the things I believed, yep. and I wasn't really taking action on it. I think yep. now's the time to go to the farmer's market yeah. and, like, really support For, my yeah. local farmers. And yep. 
try composting and I thought about gardening myself for like a decade yeah. and I haven't done anything until this year. That's good. My partner was like, let's do it. Let's and do like, it. Yeah. Yes. That's so awesome. So even if it's something small and you're going to feel so good if you've not already picked something like, dude, we grew this. Mm. Like we started it. And now four months later, three months later, it's a fruit I can eat or a veggie I can enjoy. So it really makes you feel good. Yeah. Inside and like mentally and in your mm-hmm. heart. And you're like, okay, this is really yeah. good. <laughs> wow. You're really in touch with your heart. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're sure. talking about how you it feel really is your a passion. Yeah. Like, I think you're really in touch with the spirit. Yeah. 100%. Like, really, our farm is like our core. Like, we love it. It is yeah. a sibling. We take care of it. We wouldn't know what to do if, there were, if our farm wasn't here. Yeah. You know, we'd all be like lost puppies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it is so comforting to know, like, mom's just right above us yeah. and, you know, helping. And That's cool. Yeah. It makes you feel good. Wow. This was great. I'm glad yeah, that I got to have you. you come here. This is awesome. We can do this more often. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I want to talk time, to your brother for There real. used to be a part two. Yeah, honestly, we could do that. We can arrange yeah. that. And he's very knowledgeable about, like, the hands-on fields yeah. aspect of the growing. And cool. That'd be fun. Wow. Thank but, you. Thank you.